And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. Can I get a Wowser Bowser? Because it's Wednesday and God is in charge of this crazy bus that we call the Christian Journey. First, have you encountered disappointment ever? That was the original title of my book, by the way, Disappointment, His Appointment. Now, why would somebody write a book like that with that kind of title? Disappointment, His Appointment. Because it's a part of me. I've known disappointment on different levels. That doesn't make me spiritual. But there's a massive, significant difference between the Lord disappointing us and him using disappointments in our lives to help us draw closer to him. The Lord never disappoints. But our perceptions often get polluted because of our old selves. And next, discouragement often leads to the feelings of distance. This does not make us weird. It makes us human. And it definitely is the direct result of original and personal sin. And by the way, for those who are shouting that there is nothing to deal with relating to the old man because we're new in Christ, here's a brain buster, then why do Christians still die? Okay. Just thought I'd throw that out there. The reason is that the fullness of redemption has yet to be pulled. Get it? In the meantime, between the first and second coming of Jesus, we go through the sanctification realm, and it is a process. And finally, uh, after all is said and done, one thing is left that makes all, all of it work together for good. Did you know that? There's something that God does that brings it all together, and it all works out for good. That's called deliverance. And what's so awesome about deliverance is that it has a promise for more than just recovery from what was lost. It has a promise for even more, an increase. More is coming. Great things are coming. The Calvary is coming. Jesus is coming. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations. Yikes. Spiritual observations. My life's insanities and oive. So much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. You can text us, 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Or you can call us, 972-445-0770. When you call 972-445-0770, you'll talk to Captain Chris. That's just like stepping off the airplane and stepping into the Bahamas. Yeah, and then you will be... Not only do you get compliments, but you get to travel all over the world. 
I mean, I live an excellent life. Yeah, that's just, you know, no wonder people like to hang out with you. There it is. Here's the bottom line. If you have a question, if you have a thought, if you have something you want to share, if you've got a praise report, love it. Let's hear it. If you've got a prayer request, let's join our faith and ask God to help in this situation and bring about his perfect will is what we desire. Here's what we're talking about. Encouraging one another. Okay? This is not your church. I'm just making sure this is a fellowship. We get together, we fellowship. We don't do communion and we don't do baptisms. So it's really not a church. <laughs> I'm just saying, from a technical point of view, I'm just this is a fellowship. We get together. And for those that like to use this as their big source of fellowship, great. As long as you're drawing closer to the Lord and if you are able to connect live, then do so. If you can't, and this is the best you can do, we get it. We want to be here for you. We want to be a blessing for you. Here's the whole thing. Let's encourage one another because as we hear everything that's going on and see everything that's going on, it's nuts. It's, I mean, in the last 20 years, if you've been a Christian, you have seen an escalation of speed like never before in your lifetime. And we're looking at this thinking the Lord is coming back soon. Here's the biggest indicator. Jesus said at the end, the love of many will grow cold. Yeah, that about sums up our society right now. Okay, so bottom line is you can reach out to us in any of these ways if it's a praise report, if it's a prayer request, anything else. It can be a question, uh, better a question on certain kinds of food than certain levels of theology because if you want to go to dispensationalism or you want to go the eschatological route of amillennialism and whether there's a pre, mid, or post in their theory, then you just have to ask me. Or who really does have the best pizza? See, these are the big things. Here's your trivia question. <laughs> I don't know why I do that. Here's your trivia question. In the Old Testament, who cooked a meal for her son so he could pretend to be his brother? Who did that? Who would do such a thing? Certainly not the people of God. Sure. Uh, if you think you know, 972-445-0770, or you can text in 214-210-8483, or you can send an email, david at org. At this time, let's go and pray for our country and for Ukraine as well. Let's do that. Father, we come before you right now. We thank you and praise you for all the graciousness that you are pouring out into our lives. We pray for our country we love our country. We love the graces and the mercies you've given us, but there's a lot of trouble going in our country right now, and we pray for the mercy of God. May our leaders turn their hearts towards you, repenting of all sins and surrendering to your wisdom. Oh, we pray for that. And for Ukraine, that there can be a peace and an explosion of the gospel and that the people that are sharing that gospel would be protected from, from any kind of hurt, any kind of uh, woundedness, and that there would just be an explosion of the gospel of the glory and the peace of God. We pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Okay, so got that rolling. We got that rolling. Uh, trivia question. Well, in the Old Testament, who cooked a meal for her son so he could pretend to be his brother. His brother. Good Jewish mothers always cooking. <laughs> Just saying. You know the difference between, can I tell this? I can tell this. The difference between a Jewish mother and, now see, you can insert Catholic or Italian or anything in there. It doesn't matter. The difference between a Jewish mother and, let's say, what, what, should, we, what should we use? Give me any, any kind of Catholic. Okay. Jewish mother and Catholic mother is this. 
A Catholic mother will fix the food for you, make you the meal, set it in front of you and say, eat this or I'll kill you. A Jewish mother will make that food, set it in front of you and say, eat this or I'll kill myself. You trying to figure out the difference? There it is. <laughs> there it is. If you think you know the answer to the trivia question, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483 or send an email, David, at he must increase.org. If somebody gets offended at that, big knob on the right. Try, try that. Let me uh, set this up. I've talked about this before, and I... I you would never believe it. Sometimes you can petition the Lord, go, you really want me to teach this? You really want to teach this? It's like, yeah, that really does happen. Uh, I want to give you the background for this, and I just want to – actually, I just want to talk to you for a second about this principle of disappointment. Okay? I just want to talk to you about that. All right? So I'm going to guess that if you've been a Christian for more than a day, uh, you've had moments in your life where you found there was disappointment. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stretch that out, just be uh, totally like forthright and tell you that I've had moments in my life that were a disappointment, which is why I wrote a book about disappointment. Again, I want to make sure that we understand the difference uh, in, 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 in reviewing or looking at the concept of disappointment. Disappointment is things aren't the way that we hoped they would be. Okay? That's the disappointment. And typically, you can tell who's going in, who's living in that process, by the way that people talk. And we've mentioned this before. If somebody keeps saying, "If only, if only," that's a big clue. I know it's silly, but it's a big clue. Okay, it's a big clue in the sense that we think it would all have been different if this would have happened or this would have happened when we first got saved. Uh, Bruce and I, Bruce, was Billy, Bruce, Larry, and I, four Jewish boys from Detroit, all getting saved within 30 days of each other, all knowing each other back in Detroit, getting saved in Phoenix, Arizona, of all places. And Bruce and I would used to sit there and we'd say, if only like Paul McCartney would get saved, then everybody in rock and roll would get saved. And that's how we would, that's how we would talk and that's how we would think. And, you know, we were a little young and... <laughs> In the faith, but, but it made sense to us back then. And that operation is what we go through now. We sit there and we say, if only, you know, if only God would have done it this way, or if only this would have happened this way, if only this person wouldn't have done this, or they would have done this, or if I would have done this, or this would have happened. And then we go through this whole litany of things, and they're not things are not the way that we hoped. That is substantially different than God disappointing us. And I want to make that distinction to make clear, I mean, to make a, as much of a, of a gap as possible between those two principles. I've been disappointed. God has never disappointed me. See that difference? I've been disappointed because it wasn't the way I thought it should be. But God never disappointed me. And all those who put their hope in God will never be disappointed. But that doesn't mean that I don't go through that process of thinking, yeah, not loving it, right? And how many times has that happened in your lifetime? Oh, I don't know, 10,000, 20,000? I mean, think about how many times you've been on the – and I, we're not talking about the little things. Oh, I'm disappointed I didn't get through the light. You know, it's, it's like, oh, I'm disappointed – they gave me an onion ring in my fries. <laughs> it's like, come on, that's not disappointment. Okay. Uh, I didn't get that job that I spent the last five years gearing my life for, tried to get it, and failed. Ah, uh, that's see, that's a disappointment. You get it? 
But does that mean that God disappointed you? No. It means that you and me, we were disappointed by something that didn't happen the way that we thought it would happen or that it should happen or that we think it could happen. And that has a lot to do with us thinking that we know what's best. So we're going to take our break. Before we do, I want to tell you the trivia because Chris just looked at me. (laughs) So I had to do that. Uh, In the Old Testament, who cooked a meal for her son so he could pretend to be his brother? Uh, So that's a a mom doing that. And the answer is Rebecca. Rebecca was the one who did that, for those who are trying to figure that out. Uh, When we come back, I want to talk about what you do with disappointment. Okay, you got it? What do we do with it? That's what we need to know. Okay, that's what we're kind of leaning everything on. All right, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break, we'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Kevin Chris here from the David Spoon Experience. I help coordinate the radio show, and we're looking for a few good people to join our crew and become representatives, ambassadors, and stewards of the radio ministry. Now, you may be thinking, well, gee, I'd love to get involved, but I'm not very qualified for ministerial positions. Me too! The truth is that because you are a child of our Heavenly Father, that you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you seek to live by the power of the Holy Spirit, you already have all that you need to have to be part of this ministry. Uh, but Chris, don't I need to be perfect? <laughs> no! Just go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Click on the three lines at the top right of the website, and then click on the Ambassador's Initiative link. Fill out the form, and we will reach out to you. Sorry, no parking tickets will be paid for you as an ambassador through this position, though you may appeal to a higher power. What is the David Spoon Experience? Jesus Christ, as the Lamb of God, for you and I, God provided his own burnt offering for his own lamb of sacrifice, because our presentations are not that hot. And this is where you get the understanding that the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. How many? All. And the wages of sin is death. That's the result. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And God showed his love for us while we were still sinners that Christ died for us. That's the love. He was the sacrificial lamb. And if you have never made that decision, I invite you right now to make that decision to acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is where you get John 3.16, which people will say is the gospel in a scripture, which is not far off. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. That gift is available for you. And if you have never exercised that acceptance of that gift, I encourage you to do so by saying this prayer. And don't go anywhere because I got another one for all of us. Heavenly Father, I surrender my life. Lord Jesus Christ, I give you my heart. 
pour out your Holy Spirit, for I believe you rose from the dead, and I confess with my mouth you died for my sins, according to the Scriptures. You were buried, and three days later you rose again. You ascended to the Father and are coming back soon, and I thank you for this new life you've given me. I praise you and pray this in your name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. If Jesus Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the Truth Station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the Truth Station here in Texas. Now, we are going to play the horn twice for this trivia question. Okay? This is a difficult but gettable question. <laughs> That's the only way I can say it, right? Now I want you to think. Just think where we're going with this. Who is referred to as Great David's greater son? Or I, I will say it maybe even a little differently. Who of all of David's sons would be considered the greatest son? If you think you know, you can call 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483. Or you can send an email, david at he must increase. Dot org. While you guys are contemplating what a bizarre question that was, <laughs> who's David's greatest? There you go. So some people are getting it. They're getting it. They're getting it. Everybody's getting it. Getting it. Getting it. Getting it. Uh, let me tell you this uh, little blurb that gives uh, Chris the opportunity to express his disappointment. Here we go. Uh, here we go. Uh, the new preacher at his very first service had a large pitcher of water. And a glass on the pulpit. By the time he made it through his long-winded, long-drawn-out, long-winded sermon, he had finished off the entire pitcher of water. After the sermon, a young woman approached the new preacher. Young man, she exclaimed, you're the first windmill I've ever seen powered by water. There you go. It's not that bad, right? It's not that bad. Okay. Uh, come on. It's a little funny. Uh, who is Dave, King David's greatest son? That's the trivia question. Most of you actually are getting it right, so I'm glad because I did want people to be aware of that. If you think you know, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483 or send an email, david at he must increase.org. Want to talk to you now about what happens when you go through disappointment and how what what where where what what's the next step? Well, okay, I'm disappointed. Okay, so what's what's my next step? And so I want to make sure that I, I don't miss anything either from the uh, psychological or the emotional point of view because when you have disappointment, I, I'm not sure if you're aware there's not, but that's discouraging. It's discouraging to have disappointment. It's like, oh, 
right? So what do you do when you get to that place? And I'm not talking about the littlest. I'm talking about the big things. What do you do? Pick up at 1 Samuel 30, verse 4. So David and his men wept aloud until they had no more strength to weep. One of the very powerful passages, David and his men come back to Ziklag. They're at Ziklag. They were going to be hanging out with the other king who was, uh, who was uh, a Philistine, and they were thinking, we will attack Israel, blah, blah. Some people are thinking David's getting judged. This is a sin situation, blah, blah. Skip, you're missing. You're missing big, big, huge portion here. They come back to Ziklag. Their town that they left was completely ravaged. It was burnt on fire, and all of their family members, wives and children, were taken. Nobody was killed, but everybody was kidnapped. Now, I think we're, we can all acknowledge, boy, that's, that's disappointment at a, at a whole other level, right? That's not personalizations. That's like the life at the core, right? So they get to this point where they can, they can weep no more. In fact, the verse later, it says, David was greatly distressed because the men were talking about stoning him. And as they got so discouraged, they were like, it's this guy's fault. And that is something that we always do. And I want to point that out so that you understand it. When you are disappointed, there is an easy turn of the finger to whose fault that is. So after you're done blaming all the human entities, okay, then you turn to God and say, well, because everything is in your control and it didn't go my way, you're the reason for my disappointment. See, that's, that's what people do. I know people, oh, I would never say that. Okay, but if you think that inside of you, you don't think God knows that? You think you've hidden that in some compartment in your brain and God's like, oh, I didn't see that. That's wrong. He's omniscient. He knows everything. So what do you do when you're faced with disappointment? What, what's the answer? It's in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6. This is the answer. David found strength in the Lord his God. You want to know what the answer is for your disappointment? The ultimate irony, if you're even thinking in the backwards part of your mind to blame God, the ultimate answer for disappointment recovery is God himself, the giver of life. And what David did when it was all put together is David found his strength in the Lord. And that is how he began to recover. That is how he began to turn it around. That is how he began to overcome it. You see, this is the problem. We have the same Jobinian problem. We all have the same problem. And that is Job, after he went through his litany of doing really good in chapter 1, doing really good in chapter 2, and then chapter 3 to chapter 31 or so, disaster. <laughs> Just disaster. You know, 29 chapters of Right? A couple of good lines in there, but a lot of whining, right? What was the sin that Elihu convicted Job on? That Job justified himself rather than God. That's the, that's the moment. That's the thing. That's it. And in the disappointment, instead of justifying ourself, the great faith, 
justifies whatever God allowed for God's purposes because his purposes are greater and his answers are more life-giving and more helpful than our assessments. So you get through disappointment, and I understand you've been there, but you want to recover from that disappointment? You turn your face to God. That's how you do that. And I'm not talking about, well, I'm just going to pray this little prayer. No, you know I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about closing the door, closing the closet, shutting off all communications, and getting before the Lord and finding it saying it's only in you. That's a whole nother level. Whole other thing. Okay? All right. We do have somebody that's going to answer the trivia question. We want to make sure to do that because it's a very important trivia question. Send him on through. This is David. Who am I talking to? Donna Gale. Well, how are you today? Good, and you? I'm doing very, very well. Thank you for asking. I appreciate that. Now, this is a good question, so I'm going to ask you, did you know it right away, or did you scratch your head for a second and then go, oh, I get it? I thought it was another one, and then when you started talking about how he was crying and stuff, then I knew which one it was. Okay. <laughs> You're so good. Thank <laughs> you for telling us that. You're so good. That's awesome. All right. Who is David's greatest son? Absolutely. Okay. Now, what I want you, to, want you to think. Think of the New Testament. Who would be considered a son of David in the New Testament? Solomon. Okay. But who would be a descendant and then born of a virgin? And born of a virgin in the Holy Spirit? That was... Uh, uh... J.C. Jesus. Yes, that's correct. You see, that's the sneaky one. That's why we played the horn. Because David's greatest son is Jesus because he is a son of David because he's in the lineage of David. Oh, that was a trick. Yes, it was. That was mean of me, huh? (laughs) That was not nice of me to do. (laughs) That's why I I wanted to walk you through it. Yeah, that was. I would have said Solomon right off the bat if anybody would have said anything to me. But then when you start thinking about it, like, oh, wait a minute. Well, I thought of Solomon first, and yep. then you were talking about he was crying. I said, it must be Absalom. <laughs> and I was still wrong. <laughs> oh, that's all right. You got there. As long as you get there, it's all that matters. Now, Jesus was, he was, and that's that first verse in Matthew, Matthew 1 1, where Jesus is a descendant of Abraham and of David, showing his connection to the promise to Abraham and his connection to the D- Davidic covenant with David. It's like, oh, yeah, that's good. <laughs> Well, I learned something today. I will never forget that. Uh, that's right. It. That's right. You and you should use that on other people. <laughs> but I appreciate it. I learned something. Yes. Well, praise the Lord. That's what we want. That's what's a good thing. Well, thank you so much. Oh, uh, you are more than more than welcome. It's such a blessing to hear from you. You too. You have a good day. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Great job. See, but that's the, exactly what I would have Somebody would have said, said Solomon. Absalom. Absalom is actually, that was a really good guess because Absalom, I mean, that was a pretty good one, right? Because Dave was all mourning for Absalom. So, so. But it's Jesus. He's the greatest son of all.
Oh, that's sneaky. But we did play the horn, so we have to we give ourselves a little space there. All right, we'll take a break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. Don't go anywhere. You know, it's not just the audience that needs stuff. Sometimes the host needs a little bit of a, you know, a little Tell bit. me the show's all about you. Well, this segment is. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's not about the show, but I would say this segment, and it actually has a title for the DDD. It's called Joke Time. Is Christian humor allowed in teaching? We've actually had complaints. You know, oh, you can't teach the gospel and use humor. That's why Jesus called uh, James and John the sons of thunder, because it wasn't a humorous quip. You're right. Uh, Pretty bad exegetical process, but let's look at it. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22. Proverbs 17, 22. A joyful heart is good medicine. A joyful heart is good medicine. You've heard that before. That's not new. You know that's the case. But what happens is people take these unique interpretations in scripture and they think that it applies to all processes so somebody actually said to a member at our station you can't use levity in the gospel proclamation because paul says you can't do it in second corinthians and then it's like "Eh, wrong answer this is why we do the thing called read that's always fun and uh second corinthians chapter one verse seven says this, in case you were trying to figure out where did that word levity come from, it's only in one translation. It's actually never used in any other capacity. But here is what he was talking about. Was I fickle when I intended to do this? Or when I made my plans, did I make so in a worldly manner in the same breath as to say yes, yes, and no, no? The only time that the potential word levity is used is when Paul is talking about meeting with the Corinthians. And the one interpretation you could use is, was I using lightness? It's not really the word for levity, just in case you're wondering. But was I used, did I use lightness when I made my plans with you? In other words, was I kidding around when I made plans to come see you? No. That's what Paul said. Not, you can never use humor. So whoever kind of swapped those two together really, really needs really needs to like relax. I think that would be the key. And then for those that are just curious, you know, when the gospel talks about, this is kind of one of those classic things, when the gospel talks about making declaration and the foolishness of preaching, the word is moria, moria, from which we get the word silliness. So Paul's like, yeah, preaching the gospel for the Greek people and for the Jewish people in large, it's kind of like a silliness thing. Yeah, that's what he said. The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. We're getting ready for our next trivia question. Okay. Donna was so great. She's just fantastic on that last call. Ah, she's fantastic. All right. Which Old Testament leader slash prophet married an Ethiopian, also as a also known as a Cushite woman? 
which Old Testament leader slash prophet married an Ethiopian, also known as a Cushite woman? If you think you know the answer, Joy Ann and Cordelia, I mean, I didn't finish. It's just on mark. And they've already answered the fourth trivia question, so i got to make fun of them about that later. Uh, if you think you know the answer, uh, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483 or send an email to david at hemustincrease.org. I will acknowledge because he has been right behind them on all of them. Eric has been right behind them. So he's got Joanne and Cordelia. Eric. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> that is correct on that. So all the people are texting getting it correct. Let me just make sure everybody knows that. Everybody. There's, I've got this list. It just keeps going. It keeps going. Uh, somebody is uh, on the uh, line ready to answer the trivia question, correct? Send them on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? This is Gary. How are you today? I'm doing good, Gary. How are you doing? Well, I'm making it. Okay. Any Are you any better or just kind of the same? About the same, really. Well, if it's okay with you, I'd like to pray for you when we're done with this. Is that okay? Okay, sure. Okay. All right. Let's uh, let's do the question first. I think uh, you'll be able to nail this down, so I'm real confident. Which Old Testament leader slash prophet married an Ethiopian, also known as a Cushite? It was Moses. That is correct, sir! And if you remember, remember what his sister did? What, uh, she, did? She... what she did? Yeah, she she didn't like it. Yes! <laughs> yes! And, uh, yes, that's it. But she didn't like it. So what did she Miriam, do? Miriam, Miriam. Yeah, and she complained. Yeah, she complained. She didn't like the idea. Yeah, and uh, God had a nice response. Here, have some leprosy. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like you know, sometimes we ought to pull back the complaints and just let some things go. But, you know, that's just my point of view. Uh, all right, let me pray for you real quickly, if that's all right, brother. Okay. All right, let's do it. Father, we come before you right now. We thank you and praise you for our wonderful brother, Gary. We ask you to bless him physically, give him vitality and strength. It's the power of your Holy Spirit. It's greater than any power that we understand, Lord. And we ask that the Holy Spirit would just fill him up and he would have that refreshness that comes from you, have that refreshness that comes from your grace and your mercy. We love him in you and we ask you to bless him and encourage him and let him know he's a blessing for all of us. We appreciate him. We appreciate you for giving him and bringing him into our lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. amen. Thank you very much. And I'll continue to pray for all of you. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Okay. Thank bye bye. All right. So here's what we'll do we'll do the DNA now because if I don't want to mess up the. I just, you know, I get this, I get this weird feeling sometimes. It's like, don't, don't forget the DNA, Dave. Don't forget the DNA, Dave. Uh, I can't tell who's, who's whispering that uh, behind me or not. Uh, D, DNA, so kind of what we kind of say we should live by. Uh, bottom line to that, D stands for draw closer to the Lord. Daily, Dave. You know, I really like how you do that daily Dave thing. <laughs> I just want to point that out to you. Daily, Dave. Daily. It's my own DDD. Daily, Dave. Daily. Okay. Anyway, spend time with the Lord every day. I mean, what? It doesn't have to be six hours. It'd be great, but I mean, I'm just saying. It, doesn't, it could be six minutes. Just do spend some time. You. The more you do that consistently, though, the, the greater it becomes. So that I can testify. So that's D, draw closer to the Lord daily. And never be ashamed of Jesus or his words. Never, 
Never, and I'm telling you, this is the war that's coming. I'm just going to tell everybody. You can say whatever you want to me. It's going to be the biggest war in the next 10 years. They're just going to try and shame every person that believes the gospel. It's coming. It's coming. No matter what you D and never be ashamed of Jesus' words. And A, always be ready. To serve. To serve, which means aware of the great things that God might want to do for other people and you being a vessel to communicate that. I mean, how cool is that? You get to work in partnership with God and bless people if you do that. That's a win-win for sure. Okay, let's, uh, we did that. We did that. Uh, uh, what do we got? Uh, oh, yeah, I forgot about the website. Yeah, no, I'm glad you told me. Yeah, we need money. <laughs> so I get into this and I forget. I hate money raising. I just I wrote that in my... In my portfolio, it's like, I can't stand doing that. You know, and people are like, well, you shouldn't dislike it so much. Well, I don't care. I don't like it. So here's the bottom line. We need money. If you can give, great. If you can't, don't feel guilty because that's the one thing I want to avoid. I just want you to give if you can give. If you can't, then don't worry about it. But if you can, great. Okay? Go to hemustincrease.org. Prayer request? Hemustincrease.org. Praise report? Emosincrease.org. Looking to give to this ministry? Emosincrease.org. Confused by what's happening right now? He must increase.org. He must increase.org. Was that the theme to the banana splits? That right there? Close. It was a banana cream pie. Okay. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> like a soupy sales kind of thing. Uh, okay, uh, we got that covered. We got that covered. My wife had to ask me a question while I'm doing the show. <laughs> it was an important question, so she has permission to do that. The children do not. Okay, just uh, pointing that out. All right, so we're talking about disappointment, and we're talking about where you where you change that. And yes, people are like, you know, I know you've taught about this before. Yes, and I'll teach about this again. And I'll probably teach it until I'm done teaching because I need to remind me as well as you guys need to be reminded. We need to remind one another that disappointment creeps in. And from that disappointment, you know, comes a lot of, you know, discouragement, comes all these different elements. But from that, we have to have an answer. And that answer is to find our strength in the Lord. It's not to try and ignore it. Or bury it or medicate it because it won't, none of that will work. It's not going to work. You have to bring it before the Lord and deal with it. And so when we say bring it before the Lord, find our strength in the Lord, what does that mean? And the next verse tells us, and David said to Abathar the priest, uh, the son of Amalek, bring me the ephod. And David inquired of the Lord, shall I pursue this raiding party? In other words, his first response in finding strength in the Lord was talking to God. I mean, I can't – I want to say this in a, in a nice way. I think David probably had a, a, a compilation of his uh, psalms, but not the way we do. It's like, that it was only like a nice little book, and this psalm refers to this. This psalm refers to – he's writing them, okay? So my point in telling you that is he spent a great deal of time in prayer, with the Lord. Now, you would be hard-pressed to find somebody who loved the Word of God more than David, especially if you read Psalm 119. But he recognized that there's two sides to this coin of this relationship, 
And prayer is often has been called by some of the greatest, including C.S. Lewis, the heartbeat of Christianity. It is what pumps the blood. It's what gets things, you know, gets the connection. Now, for me, I find myself personally always having to start off in the Word because it kind of gets my mind frame right. And then I go into prayer with a right mind frame, and that kind of helps me. That's how I kind of – I think that's a, a better way for me to process it. It works better for me. That's not true for everybody. And again, Abraham had no Bible, but he was certainly close to God. He certainly had faith in God. I'm not saying that to discourage the Bible, and I think you guys know me pretty well by now. What I'm saying is when you're trying to find strength in the Lord, I think, of course, you ought to go first to his word. That's where I always go. But I think you need to recognize the high value that prayer is in finding strength in the Lord. Talking to God will change your life. Period. And people want to, prayer is this, and prayer is this, and we have all these great big definitions and gosh we even have programs on it and they have you know uh whole uh, seminars on it and hey here's one talk to god okay don't let anything interfere just do what jesus did he disappeared went to the mountain said bye <laughs> talk to god that do that they think well that's overly simplistic yes and required. If you're going to have a relationship with God, he has to talk to you. That's in the Word. You have to talk to him. That's in prayer. And you think, oh, it can't always come down to those same two things. Yes, it can. I'm telling you, I'm sitting here preparing on this show and having the Lord tell me in two weeks what we're going to do. I know we're going to. It's relationship. And we're not just pulling stuff out of the air. You want to know what God sounds like? Be in his word so much that when he speaks or when he leads, you know it's him because it connects to his word. Spend enough time with him in his words that when he does talk to you and you are talking to him, it is an engagement. Be still and know that I am God. So the three things, because the last thing is the best. So the fourth one's best. Uh, three things, right? Okay. Everybody's gone through disappointment. We understand that things aren't the way we hoped, but you got to make a de this decision and this mindset where you find your strength in the Lord. And then the first thing you do in that finding your strength in the Lord is be dependent on the Lord by going to him in prayer. Then we'll pick up the last thing when we come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. My life, it feels like I've been running, running and running and running. Who is David Spoon? I have no idea. People have asked me about the David Spoon experience. They wanted to know what I thought of him. Like any person searching for answers, I have wondered about him. He was born and raised Jewish and after intense drug use, became a Christian. He's married to his best friend, Noel, has three children, six grandchildren, plus two dogs named Levi and Bert. He has three separate ordinations from three different denominations and is a summa cum laude for his BA degree in ministry and leadership, as well as a master's degree of theological studies and is involved in a PhD program. 
He has a weird sense of humor and talks a lot. If people are seeking wisdom and insight from the great teachers around the world, would they go to David? No, I don't think so. And those big ears really don't help him. But would they enjoy his perspective on life, culture, politics, food, sports, local and national news? I don't know. I guess people will have to listen to find out. What is the David Spoon experience? My guest on the phone today is absolutely no exception and is one of the top tiers. Uh, I want to say welcome to Dr. David Jeremiah from Turning Point. Dr. Jeremiah, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good to be with you. It's great to have you on the show. I was doing a little bit of research, and I just wanted to ask you, because I want to talk about the new book, and I want to talk about the study Bible you just released and Turning Point, but I was going over some of the materials you've done, and I, and I, on my list I have that you've done at this point, and if I'm wrong, correct me, uh, at least 53 books with three New York Times bestsellers and one about to be a fourth New York Times bestseller, 100 Bible study guides, and you sold more than 4 million books. Is that right? Well, you know more about that than I do, but that sounds that sounds probably about right. Yeah, that is absolutely amazing. So everybody who's uh, listening to this uh, uh, broadcast right now certainly, I'm sure, wants to send out their appreciation for you taking the time and committing yourself to this process. I was uh, going through your background, and and as I was reading it, I understand that you actually accepted the Lord as your uh, Savior when you were 14. Is that right? That's about right. Yeah, that's about how old I was. Yeah. So you were you were young when you came into the faith. Actually, I I really had a head start in many respects because I was born into the family of a pastor, and I heard the gospel many many times and probably had some preliminary experiences before I truly understood it for myself at that age. <clears throat> so I was blessed to be brought up in a Christian home with with the message of the gospel very very familiar to me. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. It's KAAMEN 770, the truth station here in Texas, where I just texted Annika and Neil and then had a, a clap, 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 clap thing and then accidentally added a prayer thing. <laughs> so, okay, so Annika and Neil, just forget the prayer thing. That's that's not supposed to be there. <laughs> okay. Hey, doing the best I can, folks. That's my new line. Do the best I can. I'm just doing the best I can. Here we go. Your final trivia question. And I want to say this only because we've never really had this happen before. But uh, it is not going to be something that uh, Joy, Ann, and Cordelia can answer because they already answered it in a previous text. True or false, Timothy's mother, Eunice was Greek. True or false? True or false? <laughs> okay. <laughs> See, a good deal. It's okay. Dave. Okay, no, I know. I was just trying to... Uh, never mind. <laughs> you know what? It doesn't matter. Uh, true or false? <laughs> uh, Timothy's mother, Eunice... Remember, because the grandmother's Lois, okay, is Greek. Uh, if you think you know the answer, uh, 972-445-0770. Uh, 214-210-8483 for the text. And then uh, david at he must increase.org. 
Uh, somebody ready to answer the trivia question? Wowzer Bowser, send him on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hey, David. Will Rogers. Hey, brother. How are you? I'm great. I hope you're more better. I am doing a little better today. I am. I'm a little nutty in the show, but doing pretty good. <laughs> All right, my brother. Here we go. True or false, Timothy's mother, Eunice, was Greek. Is that true or false? I think that's false. I think she was Jewish and the daddy was Greek. You are correct, sir! Excellente! That was a great pickup. Excellent job. I know a lot of people get confused with that. His dad was Greek. That's the, that's the ticket. Excellent, excellent catch. I'm very, very impressed. You are very smart. Well, whatever I got, the Lord gave to me. That's right. Exactly, brother. That and all the breath we've ever taken, right, is a gift from God. Amen. Amen, brother. Excellent job. Really, really good. Thank you so, so much. And you have a blessed day, sir. All right. You too. Bye-bye. All right, here we go. Let's do our history real fast. And then uh, we'll finish up on the teaching there. So history, history. Let's go living in the past. Let's go living in the past. Okay, dokie artichokies. You're not going not gonna to be disappointed in this one. Today... This is the 6th, right, of July, right? We didn't change that, right? All day, right? National Fried Chicken Day. Yum. Yum. I mean, come on. I mean, I don't care if you're, you know, you like the, this kind of I mean, fried chicken. Yes. <laughs> well, how about yes? Well, yes. And yes. Okay. Fried, yes. Uh, uh, National Air Traffic Controller Day, uh, which is funny because I have – so I have one relative. Now, uh, I have another relative. Let's see. So Noel's sister's son, he's an air traffic controller in in Phoenix, Arizona. Wait, wait. (laughs) In Phoenix. That's what I just (laughs) said. And then also it's Umbrella Cover Day. It's not just Umbrella Day? Why is it Umbrella Cover Day? I don't know what that means. Now, uh, 1785, the dollar became a monetary unit for the United States. Uh, 1787, the first U.S. coin, design of the coin, one-cent coin, is approved by Continental Congress. And then uh, last but not least, in 1933, first Major League All-Star Baseball game, first Major League All-Star Baseball game is played at Kaminsky Park. The American League won uh, 4-2, 1933. Long time ago, right? Wow. All right. Okie dokie. Let's go to finish. Uh, anything else we need to cover? Boy, I hope not. All right. Here we go. <laughs> we, had take, we had to take Bird at 7 this morning to get his stuff taken care of. <laughs> Having a Bert problem, which is not unusual. Uh, here we go. So the first thing is you have to deal with disappointment. you got to be real about it, okay? The second part is you got to find your strength in the Lord. Stop trying to live your life by saying, if only. Okay, don't do that. That just means you're living in a bitterness and in a disappointment uh, valley that you're just living in that. It's like, stop that. I mean, there's no point in doing that. 
Don't live in a if only, if only, if only. You know, there's an old well, I can't say that one. There's a saying that goes with that. I'm just gonna move that on. My point is, don't do that. It's just if you're disappointed, you've gone through that. Bring yourself before the Lord. And in the bringing yourself before the Lord, show that dependence, that that need. Share that part of you that you need God to help you with. Because he didn't disappoint you. You were disappointed. And at the end of this whole thing in the same text, and you guys know I've taught on this like three times in three years. Because I love this. This is one of my favorite texts. Actually, I teach this when I visit churches to teach quite a bit. It says in 1 Samuel 30, 17, uh, uh, okay, verse 16, uh, he led David down. They were scattered all over the countryside, eating, drinking, reveling because of the great amount of plunder they had taken from the land of the Philistines and from Judah. David fought them from dusk until evening of the next day, and none of them got away except 400 young men who rode off on camels. David recovered everything the Amalekites had taken, including his two wives. Nothing was missing, young or old, boy or girl, plunder or anything else they had taken. David brought back everything. He took all the flocks and herds, and his men drove them ahead of the other livestock, saying, this is David's plunder. So David goes through disappointment. He finds his strength in the Lord. He shows his dependence on the Lord. And then God gives him deliverance, and that's the ticket. It all comes down to the deliverance of God. And when God brings deliverance, instead of you and I thinking it's a Band-Aid that will cover the wound, because that's a terrible way to think of how God heals, you have to understand that David recovered more than he lost. He not only got back what was taken, he got more. And instead of sitting around thinking God will make it just even, even though he didn't do it, quote-unquote, in the sense of him disappointing you, you were just disappointed. When you bring it before the Lord, the Lord has a way of taking things. There's a scripture that says, a hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when it comes, it says the tree of life. When that hope is deferred and there's a disappointment, it's, wow, bummer, bummer, bummer. But then when the Lord brings it back around, it's like the tree of life. It's like, whoa. Just think about it. Isn't that a great proverb? Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when it comes, it says the tree of life. That's what God does. He brings the tree of life into our situations. We not only do we recover. So David recovered everything. Right? Nothing nothing that was taken was missing. He didn't miss a thing. But he also had abundance on top of that. I just love stuff like that. And that's not name it and claim it and positive this and positive that. It's in the end, you know this is exactly how it's going to go for you and I, even if at the very end that plunder comes in heaven. It's like, I don't care. It's like, all I know is it's going to be greater, better, and yes. And I want it. And that's how we should be functioning in it. It's this taking this disappointment and not letting it tear us to pieces. Don't try and bury it because that's a lie. And the only person you're lying to is yourself. God's not surprised. Bring it. Expose it, so to speak. We talked about it the other day. I like what Eric, you like that one part. About exposing yourself, like emptying yourself out before the Lord. Bring it before the Lord. And that's just so, so important. Ouch. It's so, so important to do. And then, 
And that dependence and that drive, as you continue to pursue, you got to, you know, it says David fought them from dusk until evening. You don't just fight one second and then say, okay, I'm done. You keep fighting until you recover it. And God will give you even more. I mean, come on. How good is that? Even more. That's the that's such a grace that he grants us, isn't it? I don't want you guys to get all we're I want you to try and draw in like I'm trying to draw in to clean out, to clear out, and to let God fill up. I mean that's I think that's a good way to go about it. Also, I try and do it every day. <laughs> Some days are better than others, but you know, you keep on keeping on, right? All right. Take what the Lord used in that and let it be a blessing for you. And I'm, I'm really praying. I've already got some texts of people have not thought that through and they're really a blessing for them. And I want it to be a blessing for you. And then don't forget, you can share that with others too, right? You are the vessel. All right, folks, you've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, taking a 22-and-a-half-hour break. Then we'll come back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. The views expressed in the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.